This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back, everybody. Today is going to be awesome. I'm so excited about today because the topic is unique for the show. And really what we're going to talk about today is relationships. And not just your relationships with other people, but also your relationship with yourself and how it impacts other people. And the man I have put in this seat today is so unique and so special. He is one of a kind. He's called the angry therapist, which if you meet him in person, he's not so angry. But what he is is intense. He's direct. He's a little bit of a contrarian thinker. He's got a book out that's either right about the time you're hearing this or right after called It's Not Me, It's You. Break the blame cycle, relationship better. And his content is so damn good. I cannot wait to take you guys all on this ride today with John Kim. John, welcome to the show, brother. Uh, first, thank you for calling me a man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. Wow, what a, what an honor to, um, you know, um, watch you. The world's so weird where you could... I was just watching you last night on my phone and listening to you in my, and then suddenly I'm here in front of you and it's like the wall's gone, Yeah, you know? And yeah. like, it's, it's, it's crazy the world that we live in. So, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I feel very blessed to be here and to create a dialogue for you. I feel blessed to, for you to have you here, man. I already like you. Oh, thanks. You know, thanks. a lot of, most of the time when someone's on the show, I've, I've either known them or had a relationship with them over time. And yeah. then, you know, people submit to come on the show and it's pretty nice. I only do one a week. So. It's not that easy. And then I started sure. watching your stuff. I'm like, okay, I want this dude. I told my team, pursue him, get him. I want him in this oh, studio. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I'm really grateful you're here. All nice. right, let's get into We're going to get into relationship stuff. Not just, I mean, a lot of it's going to be boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, whatever you want to call it, but it's also the one with you. Yeah, that's the most important. Okay, yeah. so let's. And the hardest. So you say this thing, self versus self, like uppercase versus lowercase. Let's just yeah. start there for a second. What does that mean? Oh, man. Um, I You know, let, I'll start with. Um, uh, the book before this was called I Used to Be Miserable <laughs> and uh, True Story. And in my 20s, uh, I was exchanging my truth for membership a lot. I grew up in L.A. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have a relationship with self. I was living very outside in instead of inside out. And uh, it's really good that I wasn't successful then because I would have been, you know, the douchebag. It would have been a very predictable story. Mm -hmm. I've got addiction in my blood. Um, Me too. But, but yeah, I, I had no relationship with self, no sense of self. And so, uh, very approval seeking mm. and, um, especially when it came to relationships and women, um, doing whatever I could to get the dopamine, to mm. get the, you know, whatever it is, the sex, the love, the yeah. approval. Uh, and it wasn't until 35, um, went through a divorce and, uh, at that point I had nothing. I lost my, uh, friends, had no money. I was broke. I just got on, went on Craigslist, found a roommate and oh. I was like, man, what? What do I what do I do from here? And I thought, okay, I want to start uh, living a different life um, because I have nothing to lose because I have nothing. Hmm. Uh, what what would it be to actually now start to live inside out instead of outside in? What would it look like to wow. maneuver more in my solid self? So when people say self, the S for me stands for solid, and what I mean by that is. Uh, we all have a pseudo self. We all have a solid self. And I got them tattooed on my, my, yeah. my, uh, these are, these are all kind of like bookmarks of, of, uh, they're dog-eared pages of my life, my tattoos. Yeah. And, um, if you've seen the movie, uh, Fight Club, cause I think it best explains this. At the end, we realize, uh, disclaimer, I'm going to have to give away the ending to, yeah. to do my point. But, uh, at the end, we realize it's one person, right? So there's Edward Norton and there's Brad Pitt. And Edward Norton doesn't have a sense of self. 
right? He's yeah. kind of like, uh, you've seen the movie, right? Yes. In the beginning, Great he's just movie. buying Ikea furniture and just like yeah. not sleeping, going to movies and all that, yeah. uh, uh, meetings. And uh, that's his pseudo self. And then he collides with himself, yeah. which is Brad Pitt. And at first there's resistance. Get away from me. I don't want to have anything to do with you. And then through that collision, he starts uh, uh, finding himself, his solid self. Yeah. And then because of that, he finds a movement. He, you know, he's injected with passion. He becomes a leader. He gets to grow. Like all these things happen. The whole character arc. Yes. And I think we all have the uh, Edward Norton inside of us. And we all have the, the Tyler Durden, I think was his name. Yeah. So yeah. good. And so the self, so good. the self to me is the solid self. It's the, uh, what, what Marty Bowen uh, in, my, in therapy school calls well maybe people call it the authentic self mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um but i i call it the solid self do you and, think and that let me ask you about that that outside in inside out is outside in meaning you're trying to get external stuff to give you a feeling yes so okay yes um you're living uh based on things that are outside of self instead of living from a place of um, value, character, mm. you know, uh, stuff that isn't on the outside, but is that is internal. If you don't have that, so by the way, I told you guys, here we go. We're three minutes in and it's already freaking great stuff. But <laughs> if you are an outside in living person, does that mean you're probably going to have pretty hollow, empty relationships? Or can you actually have a effective, loving relationship if you don't even know who you are? Oh, that's, I think the relationship would be lopsided because I think what you're bringing to the table is the cardboard cutout. Wow. Instead of like the human three dimensional, right? And I think uh, um, most of my life I was that cardboard cutout. Um, if, if you are pulling from your pseudo self, which is the false version of you, and by the way, no one's solid. A hundred, I mean, you know, I hope not. Jesus, I'm not. Buddha, maybe, right. but like yeah. as humans, uh, depending on who you're around. Like if you're around your boss, you may be a little more pseudo. If you're with your kids, you're going to be solid. If you're with you know friends, different friends and stuff. But mm -hmm. generally speaking. Uh, if you pull more from your solid self, what you're bringing to the table is uniquely you. You're bringing your potential. You're bringing who you are. Mm. You're bringing the acceptance of your story. Mm. So a lot of pseudo self people rip out chapters and they, um, they're kind of false advertising and they pick out the good parts of their story and present themselves in a way that uh, is attractive. I certainly still do that sometimes. I sure. Think, I think I'm loving this. I, so you do believe that it's a... Because I think some people listening to this are like, shoot, I still do do that. Mm -hmm. You're saying mm -hmm. everyone still does it a little bit. It's to the extent or the yeah, propensity it, you have to do it. It's when most of your days, most of your weeks, you're pulling from your pseudo self mm -hmm. um, that you're at your lowest frequency, that uh, you're not so, bringing much to the table. So and so in that relationship, you're, you're kind of a shell. Um, you may be fancy. You may be funny. You may be good and bad or whatever. Mm. Um, but your potential is low because uh, your humanness isn't there. And you know. And what makes you unique is the solid self. How right? do you do that? So, by the way, you came to becoming a therapist late in life. Like yeah, you said, I, right? I, I'm a late bloomer, man. I, um, at 35, I did my first squat. I looked like a pigeon. I was a guy that, you know, biceps and then um, no, <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, no legs, that. right. Uh, found, beach workout. Found CrossFit at 35 after a divorce. Um, and I was a screenwriter, a failed screenwriter. And... Um, put my wife at the time on a pedestal. So I revolved around her. Mm. So when the marriage ended, I had no life, uh, which is great because then you start, it, it's a black light, right? Yeah. It's like God says, this is what you have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, so I found fitness and uh, I, I found CrossFit and I was like, what is this? This is back, this is uh, 12, 13 years ago when they were like flipping tires and alleyways and stuff. And 
I was really interested in it, and then I kind of got obsessed with it, and it was always about challenging myself because it was timed and uh, it was functional movement, things I've never done before. Mm-hmm. And uh, that became kind of my daily ritual mm. so I wouldn't fall into depression. So I, your, your, way out of, your way out of that, which for a lot of people is too, was physiology, literally moving yeah, your body. Yeah, that was one way in. Yeah. It was that in motorcycles. Okay. Um, one of the w- things that I, that I tell people is uh, with clients, they ask, you know, okay, so you got the pseudo and solid. I need to, to connect to my solid self. And the solid self is usually the whisper. The pseudo self is the thundering voice, right? That's been um, programming, advertising, right? The shoulds, you know, followers, social media. Yeah. It's very loud. Yeah. The solid voice is usually uh, the quiet whisper because we ignore, we don't listen to our solid self. We don't listen to our truth because we're, we're scared to, you know. So stay there. You say this in your book and in your content that you need to listen to the quiet whisper. Yeah, more so. Yeah. What, what's that look like when you do it? Is it just getting alone and, and turning out the noise? Because this is profound yeah. what you're about to say. Yeah, this is I, profound. I, right think, um, I think it's in the stillness. You know, um, when, we, when we talk about our truth, our intuition, I think it's in our stillness because we're so not used to listening to the quiet voice that we have to practice it until that voice then becomes louder and we trust that voice. I think our relationship with self is like any relationship in that it's built, mm. you know, and, and, you know, when people say self-love, um, I kind of, I kind of feel like it's a bumper sticker because it's, it's, it's like throwing around a lot, like gratitude, right? And yeah. and I get it. It's, 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 sure. it's, it's of course, self love, but um, self like, I think that's harder, man, because we love pe- we we love family members that we don't really like or we'd be friends with because, oh. but they're family, so we love them. It's a choice. Oh. But liking someone's not a choice, right? Like right. if 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 I want you to like me, right. that's earned, man. Yeah. You, you know, I could say I love you as a brother, as a yes. you know, another human. Yes. I don't know you. Yes. But then liking is earned. And so when you apply that to self, now enter the journey. And so when someone says, oh, yeah, love yourself, that's like, what, over the weekend? What, what do I need to do to do that? That's mm-hmm. like a choice. Okay, I do love myself. I choose to. You know, I'm alive. I'm feeding myself. I love myself in that way. Um, but if someone says, like yourself, then it's like, I. So that's where I started. Mm-hmm. Do I like myself? What does that look like? And then I fell into fitness and uh, bought a motorcycle and spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> you know, your brother, like, uh, you're helping millions of people right now. And the way you articulate this, I have to tell you something interesting. I love when I'm with a vulnerable person, I become more vulnerable, mm, right? Yeah. That's why I love my show. And I think about the same age I started to evaluate that. Oh, wow. About 35. I'm 51 now. I'm, well, by the way, a huge work in progress on these things as well. But as I started to get to know me, even I don't. Mm-hmm. Even, so it didn't start with liking me. It started like actually getting to know me. Um, I found that my external relationships really dramatically became deeper. And yeah. by the way, over time, once I got to know me, I'm like, I kind of do like me. What was the catalyst for you? So for me, it was divorce. What was it for you? Success. Oh, external sh- success. Meaning, okay, I, I did exactly what you were saying. Right. I'll get another. Uh, okay, uh, more money, more, uh, money, more right? accolades, more yeah, people yeah, know yeah. me, more followers, more this, more yeah, yeah. more successful friends, more notoriety, more invites to cool parties, more jets, more this, more that. And I'm like, and I still am not happy. And wow. this is a game I'm playing that is like, by the way, I've gotten really good at this game. I got different than you in the sense that I got good at that game. Yeah. But it didn't produce what I thought it would produce. So you and, had success early. So by the time you were 35, you were. I was, I had, yeah, I had some wealth by the time I yeah, was 35 and yeah. came from none of it. But I'll tell yeah. you what happened. I remember one day I'm literally brushing my teeth. I caught a glimpse of myself brushing my teeth. Mm. 
And I realized in this moment, like, I never even look at me. Like, I might get oh, ready to make sure I think I look good. Right. But I'm never alone with me where I just, like, look at me. Who is this man? Well, you're busy being successful. <laughs> I was busy being my pseudo self. Right, right. All the time. You're right. By the way, a pretty nice pseudo self, sure. a kind person. I was a giving person. Yeah. I wasn't a mean person. I've always, you know, I think I've been pretty good human, but I didn't know me. Right. And I remember just looking at me going, Who? I don't know that guy. I don't even spend any time looking at me, never right. mind being with me or talking with me or enjoying me. And it started, it scared me. I'm like, I mm. probably only have one more of these blocks. I don't have great genetics. So I'm halfway. That's right. when I was 35. I'm like, I'm halfway right. probably for me genetically. Now, now I think maybe hopefully it goes longer than sure. that. But it's like, man, I, I don't want to get out of this life with never knowing me, never liking me. Yeah. And then really how deep are these relationships that I have if I don't even know who I'm bringing to the relationship? Right. right. And so your work, man, like really resonates with oh, me thank deeply. You. And I think a lot of people, this would be surprised to hear two dudes about our age, you know, yeah. kind of. I'm 49. Yeah, we're, yeah. I'm a couple years older than you, right? Like, well, really, if I was in Korea, I'd be 50 because they count the, the time in your mom's stomach. Do they really? That's why I don't live in Korea. That's why I stay in LA. <laughs> that, oh, that's the younger. reason. Oh, okay. So you're a year younger. <laughs> yeah. The other thing you said a minute ago, I want to go there, is you're talking about how you put your first wife on a pedestal. Yeah. You have something you said, bro. That in your work that I just went, oh my gosh, which you said that we are taught, listen to this, everyone, you ready to go for like a <gasps> moment, which you're going to get a lot with John. You said, we are taught that love looks like codependency. Mm. Yeah, that, Enmeshment, codependency. Yeah. So what yeah, is yeah. that? What, is, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, I you used say to that? believe that um, if you go down, I go down with you. If I go down, you go down with me because it's romantic and also, you know, Disney movies, rom-coms, mm -hmm. and that feels, it just feels like love, right? We're all, all for one, we're, we're all in this together. Okay. And now I believe if you go down, I'll give you my hand, but not my life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We are two different people and the image, uh, and I remember this so well. A lot of people just heard that one. No, no, I don't want that. I want that thing that I see in the movie. Well, because it shoots more dopamine and, and it's sexier, you know, mm. uh, the, the image that I see for a healthy relationship, I thought it was a yogurt ad, but someone uh, DM me said, no, that was actually a Viagra ad. And I was like, oh, okay. But it was mm. two people in a, uh, they're like in their eighties on the, like on the Grand Canyon, you know, um, in separate bathtubs facing outward. Mm. And the only thing that was connecting them was their hand outside of the bathtub. Yeah. And I remember coming across that in a magazine and thinking, oh, this is what a healthy relationship looks like. Mm. Because what I would imagine is two people in a hot tub mm -hmm. on top of each other, facing each other, mm -hmm. you know? And yes, that's sexy and that produces a lot of dopamine. And that's kind of, uh, I think we've been brainwashed to believe in the one, yeah, happily ever after and all that. You believe the one is BS. I do. I, I believe in the one in front of you. Um, I think, I think, uh, when you, when, 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 uh, and, and you've been married for so long, so I don't know how you feel about this, but 25 um, years. Yeah. And, and I think today that, that like doubles, it means more today. Those years. Right. Um, but, but when you're, when you're, um, programmed to believe that, that there is the one, I think the danger in that is wh whoever you're dating, you're going to, uh, bust out your checklist. And this, if this person is the one and the one for the rest of your life, man, they better be perfect. And everything better check off and the sex must be mind blowing and all in that's not we're human, you know, mm. and relationships are hard. And so it puts a lot of pressure and a black light on the relationship. Now, if the one is just the one in front of you, 
Now mm. you're more present mm. and you're not thinking if there's someone else in the world that mm. is better for you or suited for you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It, it, the, the one is always the one that you're looking at. Well, I actually think when you have a belief that there's just the one that when you meet them, that potentially you come across as desperate or needy because there's oh, sure. just one human now. Right. And I think sometimes people that are in the dating circles don't realize that they have an energy they're giving off that once they think this person is the one, if you have that belief system. Yeah. Potentially, there are multiple ones that yes, would be right for you, right? There right. are not everyone is right for you, but that when you do have this belief, this is the only walking human being on earth that will satisfy the things that I need in my yeah. life. How can you not come across as somewhat desperate? When <laughs> well, you're, you're going to do everything right? you can to get this person or make this relationship work. Right. And then, by the way, I think in that, I want you to talk about it because you're the therapist, not me, but that probably fosters codependency. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, am, I need you. Yes, yes. There's a dependency, and that's also when you go from solid to pseudo. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Why? Why do you have to go from solid? Because to you're not bringing uh, your authentic self. You're bringing a self that is lined with desperation. That is now putting this person, you know, high up. That is now going back to the uh, the hot tub with two people on top of each other instead of in their own separate bathtubs. Wow. And then also, if you believe that this person is the one that you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life, what if it doesn't work out? Mm. What if she leaves? Like you know? You just explained where most people find such misery, bro. Yeah, because they think they had them. Well, also, then you also get controlling. You also get jealous. You know, all these other things, you know, the, the shadow sides come out if you believe this is the one person for you in this world. But I think some people listening to this, let's go there because you know what they're thinking. Okay. They're thinking, yeah, but then how deep's the connection? If I don't go down with you. Right. And I, when you say go down, I assume you mean like maybe they've, you know, become a drug addict or an alcoholic even. And you're like, sure. I'm just supposed to ride this out with you forever sure. as you ruin your life and mine. Right. So there is, I, you know, I often think sometimes that. With my children, you have kids. That's unconditional love. There's really mm. nothing my kids can do that's going to stop this relationship sure. with me. My daughter killed somebody. I hate to say this, but I'm probably helping her bury the body somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean all parents, right, yeah, right, right. But other relationships, there are conditions. Uh, there should be. There should be conditions, should be. right? Like, hey, yeah. if you repeatedly do these things to me, uh, that's a condition right. that's broken. And right. I think sometimes people go to this, the one thing. Or this codependency thing, whereas there are no conditions. Right. And, and then if there are no conditions, if there are no boundaries, you're putting an awful lot of pressure on that other human being not to push the limits. Of yeah. That. Don't you think? Yeah. 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 Uh, Vanessa, my partner, uh, says it in this book, and I think we wrote it together. She, she yes. uh, says it really good about codependency. That's all, her whole thing is um, she describes it as if I'm so basically if it, it, what's healthy is. If I'm OK and you're not okay it of course i could support you and stuff but it's but it's it's okay mm -hmm. codependency is when you're not okay that make that makes me not okay yeah if i'm not okay you should not be okay too <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm, very good and that's like the whole like i'll give you my hand but not my it doesn't mean that if you see your partner going through a winter or, or a depression that you just oh that's not me it's not that of course you of course you helping you support but at what point do you um, you can't lose self or your life because, some, you know, because then they're taking you hostage, whether they want to or know it or not. This self thing is so profound, bro, because one, I think a lot of us come into a relationship, by the way, and again, I'm being transparent. I think till I was about 35 years old, by the way, I'm still a work in progress on it. Yeah. But if you don't know who you are, what do you bring into a relationship? Yeah. And then also this loss of self, 
when we enter a relationship is a really dangerous thing. One, I don't think that you're bringing the yeah. vibrational frequency, the energy, the interesting yeah. things about you if you die in order to be one in a relationship. Yeah. And it's an interesting I wanted to explore with you because I've watched relationships end of friends of mine that were very loving. They were mm -hmm. two wonderful people that got together. They formed a bond. There's us now, which I think is powerful. But at some point, that us eroded me and I, meaning that mm. they were no longer an individual. Right, right. They, they, they meshed. They meshed. Yeah. And ironically, that lack of individuality, that lack of expression of who one is, right. became less attractive to the other yeah. person over time. <laughs> it's called false advertising <laughs> because, mm. you know, it's funny because when you're single, uh, you're working on yourself, you're going to the gym, you're doing all these things and uh, you're really doing everything to, to connect to you. And then you get into a relationship and over time, you know, then it's the sweats and the, you know, people mm -hmm. kind of like, like, let go of uh, taking care of themselves and all that. And I think we have a responsibility when we're in a relationship to continue the relationship with ourselves mm -hmm. or else it is false advertising. Because when I met you, you were this type of person mm -hmm. and now like we never go out. You, you don't, you know, you don't court me anymore, mm -hmm. which should be continuous, right? Mm -hmm. You're not fanning the flames. You don't write all the stuff that you were doing when we started is now gone because things have gotten too comfortable, mm. you know? And so that's when it gets murky and that's when people start getting curious about other people. I think you're exactly right. You know, brother. what about this idea of thank you for being so good at this? Oh, because I, I think this I is just, I'm good, but you're outstanding you know, and you. you're, you're thank the you. way you express it is unique and it's why you're sitting here. Oh, thanks. Um, and like, I know when I'm in a good one of these. I know when I'm in something, and I'm like, hey, this is, this is special. You talk about different attachment styles. Mm. Can you talk yeah, about that a little yeah. bit? Yeah, and I'll just go through three. There's more. Um, secure attachment is, and attachment styles stem from, from childhood and, of course, starting with our parents. But um, there's anxious attachment, and that is uh, when you're holding onto the person's leg instead of their hand, right? That's like me. Uh, I need the person to uh, tell me that I'm beautiful and that they're, they're not leaving and they love me and all that kind of stuff, right? Lots of, lots of text and connection. Mm -hmm. There's avoidant. And uh, that's more like my partner who, uh, goes, runs the other way is, mm -hmm. is, is, uh, not is avoidant with intimacy and, and hard conversations and, and vulnerability. Uh, we, we are not that much anymore cause we've done a lot of work. I was going to say that'd be pretty difficult. You, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's, you know, different extremes of that. Sure. Um, but if we were to classify, that's where I come from. That's where she comes from. And then they're secure. And secure is, again, when you have your own sense of self, interdependence, when you are your own person, you have your own opinions, you can say no. Mm -hmm. You can say to your boyfriend how you want him to go down on you. Mm -hmm. You can express yourself. You mm -hmm. can say, no, I don't want tacos today. I want pizza. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know it sounds very, very simple, um, but in relationships, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. We actually start loving the, because we think what love looks like is loving the other person more than us. Yeah. More than us. And because that's what a good husband looks like. I'm going to always put her ahead of, she wants pizza, she's getting pizza. Mm. That's, what, that's what a man looks like. Mm. It's like, is it? Mm. Or are you exchanging your truth for love or for validation? Are you exchanging something that, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So now if that's the case, are you giving or taking? Because if you want something back from the person you're taking, you're not giving. Oh, my gosh. Giving would be like, hey, I love you, but today I want pizza. Is that what you mean by choosing ourselves, or is that a little bit different? Uh, yeah, I think, I think that also is uh, choosing yourself, meaning um, stand on your truth and put action behind uh, what loving slash liking yourself looks like. Mm. 
And I think some people are good at that when they're single, but I think when they get into a relationship, when love enters the picture, right, especially if it's toxic, right, especially if someone is um, needy or codependent or controlling or all of that, um, the wheels fall off. Mm. And it happens over time. You know, it's like the, the boiling frog, right? Yes. It's a slow drip that can still drown you. It's not like uh, people don't fall into toxic relationships when, when on the date they sense all these red flags and they're like, okay, I'm going to invest in this person anyway. Usually it's over time, five, six years in, and now they wake up one day and they're like, I don't even know who I am. Yes. I don't know who I am. A lot of women, um, mm-hmm. and mostly women than, than men from, from my experience with working with clients, wake up uh, mostly in their 30s and uh, been with people for you know, five, 10 years, and this happens. And they're like, I have no sense of, I'm just here. Mm. I'm existing. I'm not living. And uh, just having sex because it's obligation and they don't know what to do. And they've really lost like who they are. Okay. So like 5 million people just are going, oh my gosh, you just described me, right? Yeah. Now, now what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Right. So what would be a, what's a, you're, you're going right where I want to go. So. Well, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of like, I think where I started, you know, um, it's the hero's journey, man. It's the um, call, hero's journey. call to, to, you know, the hero's journey, right? Yeah. The call to adventure and slaying your dragons. Uh, I think it's starting going back full circle to suit over solid. What is your solid self? And can you start listening to that solid self? And it comes in micro moments. It's, it's not like these big decisions, like, you know, life changing. I mean, it can be, but it, it, it can be something as like, hey, you know what? Today, I'm not going to go to work. I'm going to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. It's a quiet whisper. But then there's this giant should. Yeah, but you're this and you're that. And, and that means you're a lazy piece of whatever. And so can you give yourself love, compassion, understanding? And today, can you execute what you want, the quiet whisper? And actually go to the beach. Can you give that to yourself without the shame, without the, and it's going to be really hard. Most people can't. You, you, you start there and then you build and then you build and you get to a place where you start then able to set boundaries, to make choices. And it's also more attractive, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're, the people around you are like, I'll have what she's having. Yes. Man, she's yeah. kind, yeah. but you know, she's assertive. And you know what also happens? I'll have her. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Yeah, like what ends right. up happening is this right. becomes a magnetic, attractive right. being right. again. Or maybe for the first time. Right. I, I so totally agree with you. And, it, and it, it could be actually standing up for what you want. Like, I actually want tacos tonight. Yes. It sounds so trivial. Yeah, it it's sounds so silly. But it's in the mundane. Or actually, honey, you're going to watch the kids and I am going to the gym. Right. And actually stand for yourself right. and do something right. caring and loving for right. yourself, right? And, and coming from a not, place of, not a place of controlling or getting back at anyone, it's, no. it's coming from your truth and it's a coming from a place of self-love, mm. you know? What is, you got these terms, man. What is repetition compulsion? Repetition, I don't, I think my partner wrote that one. Okay, so that must yeah. be from your partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were talking, I think what it was is that you, I think, well, I want to go there with it because it, I think it was like, repetitiously falling into a pattern in a relationship mm. where like you have a yeah. compulsion to continue to serve them in a way that maybe doesn't serve you anymore. Sure. So actually sure. I, I'll, I'll make my own term of it. Yeah. Let's I love just, it. <laughs> let's just say I'm right. For I love it. I think you're right. But I think that happens intimacy wise too. Yeah, where like yeah. there's something that, and this we're going really deep here, but like there's something intimately that your partner really loves that you don't enjoy, that right. you don't like, right. but you repetitiously do it as some compulsion to serve them or maybe some verbal thing yes. you do or a particular yes. behavior you have. Maybe it's not even in an intimate way, but you, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't make you feel good about you. There's a way they speak to you or you speak to them, but it makes them feel good. So you have this compulsion to continue to do it. That's my version. Yes. Of it. Uh, my, so we all went out to dinner the other night, me and like four other therapists. Uh, my partner's a therapist. Our friends are therapists. 
and we were talking, and I don't know how we got on this topic, but we're talking about how um, women can go down on a guy and actually, um, oh, as, as a way to avoid sex. And I was like, wait a minute. I said, but that's so intimate. Um, and they're like, it might be for men when men are going down on women, mm-hmm. but for women, they're, they're saying that, and these are all women, they're saying it's not, it could be, it's easy, it's not intimate, and it could be a great way to get out of sex. And it blew my mind. And I was thinking, and they're like, yeah, and we've been doing it for years. And I was thinking, so that's kind of an example of a pattern that could happen, right? Yeah. If you don't want to be intimate, yeah. where that's kind of how you really? take care. And it shouldn't be happening because it's misleading. And also you shouldn't be doing it if you don't want to. Right. Um, but something like that over the years, the pattern of that is damaging right yeah and that's we're just talking about just everyday stuff yeah you know yeah yeah that's um, super interesting and it shocked me because i think i was thinking oh and then i started playing back all my relationships and we think was thinking um how many of them were just doing it because they didn't want to have sex with me <laughs> right like, oh my God. <laughs> you look back i thought they wanted like, to do it were, yeah i don't even want to think about yeah, that yeah anyway so you <laughs> i want to talk about love with oneself and and but also you say well, maybe she wrote it, but I know you can speak to it about finding beauty in the contrast. Oh yeah, that's all me, man. Okay, I want to that's hear about all, this. So Vanessa and I, uh, we we um, we're going on five years, and it wasn't it was rocky. It mm. wasn't uh, lightning in the bottle. It was mm. you know peeling the onion. Um, we're so different that in the beginning I thought I don't know if this is gonna work, man. We're just very different, you know. Mm. Um, across the board, we're different, and so. <sighs> We got to a place where she's like, either, you know, shit or get off the pot. You're either going to be with me or not. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, we took a couple of weeks off and I came back. And what really changed for me was I started to find beauty in the contrast. Mm-hmm. I started to, instead of looking at our differences and saying, oh, no, it's not going to work. You know, mm-hmm. our humor is different or she's a vegetarian, I eat meat or whatever it is, uh, she's avoidant. I mean, just any kind of difference, I would make it a, 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 I would make it a red flag or I'd make it mm-hmm. a pink flag and say, you know, oh, caution. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I was like, what if I started to uh, look at her differences and found beauty in them? Mm-hmm. What if I started to, to um, not only notice that, that she's different than me, but appreciate how she's different than me? Mm-hmm. And for me, that was the game changer, man. That's yeah. when the magnet flipped again. That's when I started to produce um, relationship glue, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's not just it's with anyone. Like mm-hmm. if you and I are different, instead of judging you for your difference, what if I start to see beauty in your difference? Yeah. I mean, it makes us human. It makes us human. I, I see what's really interesting about that. Most of my friends, our morality or our character is very similar. Yeah. But actually, they're really different than me. Like yeah. I'm super introverted. Most of my really dear friends are extroverted. really extroverted yeah. people. You know, and very expressive people. I'm actually really quiet in person. It's interesting in our one relationship, somehow we have this fallacy that we have to believe that like, man, we're just exactly alike. Right, right. Yet like most of my friends aren't that way. Why does that one relationship need to be that way? It's super true. Also, even with myself, I like the contrast in me. Yeah. Like I love human beings. Right. As you could tell being with me, yet I am an introvert. Right. right? I, that's kind of a contrast. Right. I'm very quiet one on one, but I'll speak in front of 50,000 people. Right. You know, I'm a super intense dude, yet there's a real part of me that likes laying around watching Netflix. Right. I like my contrast. When I was younger, I thought it meant one wasn't real. I'm really not that right. intense. No, it means I'm a complex human being. Yeah, With, I love that, man. I mean, that's basically uh, it's humanizing yourself. 
Yeah. It's the action of humanizing yourself, uh, finding beauty in the contrast. What about this notion of, God, there's so much of your stuff that, oh, like, thanks. I want to go three hours and we don't <laughs> get to. But you also talk about, like, people want, like, a contract with love. Like, I yeah. want this written. Yeah. I want to know yeah. it's forever. Sure. A guarantee. But, but you say something profound, and I want you to speak to you. say, well, actually, why don't you love them like it's going to end? Which people are like, what? Right. Why would I, why would I invest in something that is, you know? Right, right. What happens is if you love like it's going to end, uh, first of all, nothing in this world is permanent, right? But if you, like, if you love like it's going to end, you're more present, you're more appreciative, you're less judgmental, mm. you know? And, and it's like, again, it's not just with our partners. I mean, it's with our parents, it's with mm-hmm. our children. Um, we're not thinking about if only this person did this, then it would work, you know? Or mm-hmm. when we get the house, or we're not, we're not like trying to swim to an island we're already there. I, I, you know, one of the things that I, uh, I uh, made me very miserable was I used to believe that the gold was at the end of the rainbow, like many people, and I would hit pause on life and wait until I got. And back in the day, I was a screenwriter, so the three picture deal, you know, the nine eleven, the, the Hollywood, the hill, the house in the hills, and all that. And none of that happened, so I was just existing, and I was um, like this cardboard cutout. And then after thirty five, and I went through this whole um, rebirth, I realized the gold coins are sprinkled throughout the rainbow. They're not at the end. And I just miss so many gold coins because I'm just waiting for, you know? Oh my and God. so I hit play on life again and I started to um, find nectar. I got a, a, a hummingbird uh, as a reminder to seek nectar in the here and now in what you have and in relationships. Beautifully said. Yeah. If you really believe that uh, no matter what you're going through and no relationship is perfect, but if you, if you really can find the coins in your relationship, um, instead of like when they get here or when we start doing this or when, you know, but actually um, in the here and now finding all the, all the gold coins. Uh, it, it, and if two people are doing that, it changes the dynamic very fast. What a beautiful way of saying it. It changes bro. the dynamic. I'm not going to forget that. That's so good. It's a little cartoony, but anyway. No. <laughs> visual. For the angry therapist, it's cartoony. <laughs> but for me, you're right down my alley there. What about the... Um, you, you call it like the peaceful practice of noticing certain things in the book. Like just, mm-hmm. is, it, is that what you mean by the gold coins? Is that yeah. What yeah. I, I, um, um, I think the, the, the thing in the book that I really, I think my favorite thing in the book, um, is, uh, try to understand before trying to be understood. Like that hit me. Mm-hmm. I almost wanted to write a whole book just on that sentence. I suck at that. And, and I think yeah. <laughs> I, me too. And, uh, I used to be the guy that would steamroll people. Um, try to win an argument, yes. get very logical. Uh, I remember this one time I got into a fight with my ex because we were arguing about the tinted windows. She was very porcelain skin. And, and I said, why don't you just tint the, the, the window on the side? And she was like, oh, that's not going to. And we were arguing for hours until she finally broke down. Mm. And I found, and I realized it had nothing to do with the tint. She just wanted to be heard, you know? Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, I know this about cars. And I, and I was, and then, and it, I, at 35, after many expired relationships, and then now uh, with Vanessa, um, one of the things that I remind myself, because I, I fall short all, to, all the time, is uh, when things get heated, like, take a breath, try to understand before trying to be understood. Really good. And then if we both do that, oh, man. Because it's not about how many times you fight, it's about how you fight. And then it's safe. Like, the space is safe, right? Yeah. Then there's compassion, there's love. Well, you change the dynamic, don't you? I oh, mean, like, if you're, if you're in a relationship... Because I 
bending them and I've been the guy doing it, by the way. So I'm the, right. where I'm going to win this argument. You almost compel and force the other person over time that then they need to win the argument. Mm. And now your relationship is much more about who won the argument all the time. And that's a dynamic. Like, okay, we're going to disagree. Now we're going to have a fight to see who wins. But what you're describing changes the dynamic yeah. if both people decide yeah. to cooperate. Imagine never going into one where each of you are trying to win. Right. What a beautiful different way to have a relationship. It's hard to be. do that, though. Yeah. I mean, we all have egos. We all want to win. Um, we all think that we are right. Uh, but man, it, it, if you do that, the, the soil, um, for growth is very rich Yeah. with anyone, with your yeah. friends, with your partner, with your kids, uh, always trying to understand before trying to be understood. Well, the other thing that you say in the book is that when you get defensive, I never thought about it this way, that you actually shut down the prefrontal cortex of your brain. Mm. You know, I never yeah. even thought about it that way, which is your place where you're reasoning actually and feeling different things, right? Yeah. So. You're just very reactive. Hmm. You're defending, you're holding up shields. Um, hmm. It's not you. Yeah. You know? What about this idea of, how do you know a red flag compared to like what you call a breaker? There's this thing in the book like, oh, swim yeah, past yeah, swim the, past the breakers. Swim yes. past the breakers. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. But then there's red flags too. So what does swim past the breakers mean? Yes. And how do you delineate or distinguish between that and a red flag? Yeah, that's a great question. So the breakers, I'm not talking about the, the, the switches on your wall. I'm talking about like if you're surfing in the ocean, the um the waves that are um that people surf on are the breakers and if you swim past that the ocean's actually calm right you know like it's the uh it's the breakers and so in relationships i think after the honeymoon stage um you move in with someone and then you realize oh this person is human and you know they leave their socks on the floor and there's all these things that's going to you know the attachment styles and lo- difference in love languages yep. and you got to swim past all that Swimming past doesn't mean to ignore. Swimming past means to work through, to understand, to mm. discover. And then it gets calm because now you've built something where you feel safe. Most people, uh, or many, I shouldn't say most, they get into a relationship. Um, they realize, oh, this person isn't who I thought he was. Or, oh, you know, we, 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 he, we're different in this way. They give up too fast. I mean, mm. you've been with someone for so long. Mm. And there's no way that didn't require... So true. Swing past a lot of breakers mm-hmm. and uh, picking the fights that you want and uh, being honest and, and just communication, all that stuff. So building bridges, you know, yep. most people, I think, especially with today's generation, because we, everything's customized and mm-hmm. everything is instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have programmed ourselves to not roll our uh, sleeves up and actually stay in it and work through it, not suffer. Right. And that's the difference. So a red flag is like. If if there's a character assassination or if someone's being abusive, you you don't you don't sit sit in that, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's um that's a red flag, right? Suffering. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay, um, that's great distinction. Yeah, or or yeah. or even if someone you know um I, I you know I think a good sign of character is if someone is maybe kind to you, but like with busboys, bartenders, uh uh, they're like total assholes. Yeah, and you're like, I watch that stuff. Yeah, close. man, those little things, and you're close. like, that's a character thing. Big time. Yeah. Crazy you say yeah. that. No matter who I'm out with, I watch. How, how do you they, treat other people? How do they treat other people? Yeah. How do they treat other people who can't do anything for them? In cer- yeah. Yeah. I, they'll yeah. treat someone great who can yeah. do something for them or who's well-known or, or who's connected, attractive. Or, right. Yeah. But how do you treat somebody who isn't going to do a lot for right. you? Right. I watch that too. Do you make eye contact with them? Do you look them in the eye when you talk to them? Do yeah. you thank them? Are you yeah. grateful for them? Are you dismissive to them? Right. To me, those are huge things. Those, and to me, th- those can be red flags. Uh, but swinging past the breakers t- isn't that. Swinging past the breakers is working through 
our differences and why relationships are so hard. What about dishonesty? What if someone cheated on you? How do you yeah. feel about that? In a someone physically cheated on you. So cheating, I think today gets a very, um, cause cheating is complicated, right? Mm. Uh, I think it all comes down to intention. And so yes, cheating is wrong. Of course, if you got your monogamous, uh, but when people say, uh, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. I always ask them. So like if, if they were cheated on and, and they want to punch me in the face, um, after a while, I asked them, what was your contribution to that? Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. No, he cheated on me. He mm -hmm. cheated. I get it. I understand that's what happened. I don't want to excuse that. Mm -hmm. What do you think your contribution was? And then if they want to answer it honestly and they look back, well, yeah, you know, there was drift. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of things that I should have expressed, but I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and then they start taking ownership. It, it, the reason I asked that question is because if you just blame the cheater there's no way it's, it's salvageable because mm -hmm. this person plays victim mm -hmm. you know and so uh both people have to take ownership in in a relationship because there's two pieces two mm -hmm. parts of, of any doesn't mean that one error wasn't more egregious than the other one i guess is yeah. what you're saying but you could still have contributed to the dysfunction by the way and if you don't learn from what you potentially did to cause that maybe you'll get with someone else do the same thing and getting a produce the same yeah. result yeah and, and, and cheating like one night at a party because you were intoxicated or met an ex or whatever, which isn't excusable, I get that's wrong as well, is very different than someone who has been living a, a two different lives and has been cheating on you for three years with, you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? Yeah. As a family with someone else. But I also think, yeah, I also think though, if you're in a relationship and you've made it clear that, hey, if you violate that, this is a deal breaker, then right. it's a deal breaker. That's, that's you're allowed, fair. You're allowed to create boundaries in a relationship where you say, listen, if you go do either one of those two yeah, things, the drunk thing or the next at a party or that, that's the end. Yes. And that, as long as that's been expressed, I, you have every right to leave somebody who's violated um, a part of a boundary that you've both agreed sure. to. If you've I, both agreed to that boundary. Absolutely. Let me ask you about comparison. In my life, when I was younger, I would compare times in my life to other times, and it was never healthy. Oh, meaning, Meaning I'd say, you know, yeah, I used yeah. to look better here. Yeah, or, man, yeah, yeah. I miss when I had yeah. this. And comparison seems to me to be the thief of joy. Yeah. I also feel like in relate, so that's a relationship with me. Right. I think everyone should hear this. So you compare yourself to your own self, not to others. I, well, I've done both. Yeah. So I've done the, I've done the comparison to my, to my previous self where I was either, you know, happier to give in time, healthier to give in time, right. younger to right. give in time, had, I liked to, man, I made a mistake. I liked where I lived. Why'd I right. move? Right. You know? right. So there's that. Then there's comparison to me and other people. Both of them have been thieves of joy mm -hmm. for me in my life. But then I watch friends of mine in relationships, and they do two things. They compare their relationship to the outward pseudo-appearance of another one, to use mm, your term. Right. And they compare their current version of the relationship to a previous version of it. Meaning, mm. I remember yeah, when. Yeah, yeah. When, when, we, when things were good. Or when, when we, we were three right. weeks in, and right. you did this, or I did right. that. So what about that in a relationship? Is, there, is it ever healthy to compare to a previous time? Because it's just different time. It's different nuance. There's right. different information. But I actually think comparison is, could potentially be the beginning of the downfall oh, of a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm gonna, my response is going to be a little abstract, but it's something I really believe in. Um, I always tell people, uh, starting with myself, all parts of your story will be used. All parts of your story will be used. And I remember saying this when I had uh, 
could only afford a donut and styrofoam coffee, listening to Wayne Dyer. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. You know, I had a horrible roommate. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm in a, in a really bad place right now. And I know that this part's going to be used. So instead of ripping out chapters because things have happened mm. and because we, you know, they're lying with shame or guilt, right? Mm. It's all going to be a part of this bigger story. And I think our stories are the most valuable thing that, that we will ever own. I mean, it's what we leave behind that we have created because we, we live them, right? Mm. So it's not, you know, the houses and the Porsches and all that. And, and if you love those things, great, but sure. it's your story. It's your story. And so um, with relationships, with comparison, going back to that, if you believe all parts of your story will be used, then when you were, you know, the fittest, right? And you loved your, you thought you were looked the best, great, that's going to be used. But also now, what you're going through now is going to be used, right? Your um, muffin top <laughs> or whatever you're going through. Right. Uh, you know, I'm getting a lot of white hairs. I'm, I'm, uh, 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 it takes a little bit more than the wind to get it up these days. I'm feeling older, right? And I know that, 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 with, that this story is going to be used as well, like this chapter. And when you look at relationships, it's not a constant. Of course, when you guys first met, there was a lot of excitement and you guys were, you know, doing crazy things. And it felt like the two kids at the high school under the bleachers. That's great. That's going to be used. But also the chaos now with the kids and scheduling sex and how hard things are and wondering if there's better. It's all normal, too. And that's also going to be part of your story. And, your, and that's how there's an arc, you know. I love that. This is going to be used. I'm stealing that too. Like that's something that I need to hold on to. Yeah. Chapter 17 is if you're not feeling it anymore. So you're in a relationship right now and you're not feeling it. What would you say to somebody who's saying that right now? Oh man. Yeah. That's, um, what do they do? Cause every, here's one thing about the book guys. Yeah. There's a practice for everything that they come yeah, up with. Yeah. There's an actual practice. So I'm not feeling it anymore. What's my practice? I don't remember what I wrote in the book. Um, I'd rather know what you think right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, if if you're not feeling it anymore, I think it's important to uh, before just you know reacting to the feeling, asking why, right? Asking um, was it there before, and if if there was something there, then that can be re repairable. What has happened? Um, examining the black box to see you know how the the, the plane went down. Not mo a lot of people today. Oh, I'm not feeling it. We're not meant to be. Okay, I'm out mm -hmm. very quickly, and it's like. Why are you not feeling it? And how much of that is on you? Like, mm. what are you doing? Mm. So always bringing it back to self, which is the harder thing to do. And the reason why we say stop blaming is because we don't do that. We point the finger. I'm not feeling it anymore because you're not going to the gym. I'm not feeling it anymore because we're not having sex anymore. Mm. I'm not feeling it. It's always you, 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 right? Mm -hmm. um, what was your contribution mm -hmm. to why you're not feeling it anymore? Because mm. that's where you're going to get a lot of value, a lot of revelations. And, and, and you know, Selfishly, that's where you're going to grow. It's actually also what you said in the book. So great. Answer. Oh, okay, great. Okay. I'm not getting that on. I still no, no, got no, my memory. It's, it's, uh, I think it's really easy when you're in a relationship to never look at you. You can look at them yeah. and us. Yeah. So the, two, the yeah. two perspectives, the pattern, is to look at us and them, the other person. Right, right. So there's two other places to look. Right. You have three choices in a relationship. In real life, I really have two choices, me or the situation. Right. But in a relationship, there's three. Yeah. There's the other person. I can look at them. I can look at us or I can look at me. Right. And almost never do we look at me. Yes. Yeah. Not knowing that if I could make an adjustment or two with me, it may change us. Yes. And the dynamic. Yes. You know, um, as a therapist, I got to say, uh, you can't change people. Mm -hmm. 
but you can change the dynamic of the relationship. Absolutely. And that changes people. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, most of the, one of the most profound things ever said on the show, not just because of personal relationships, that's a business relationship. Mm. That's a business negotiation. Mm. That's you pitching a screenplay you wrote back in the day and trying to get it bought, right? right. Like you can't change people, but you can change that you can change you and how you interact with them, which actually changes, changes people. the dynamic, right? And then which does change the person. One thousand percent. All right. Yeah. La- a couple last things because yes, your yes. your work is so contrarian. It surprised me that you kind of talked about the five love languages mm. because I'm like, this yeah. dude is the angry therapist. Right. They've written this book <laughs> with all this new information in there. A lot of the things we've covered today, really one of the themes in your work is it comes back to self mm-hmm. loving self. And then so, so profound what you said earlier, liking, liking self. self oh my gosh. God, what a huge, huge yeah. breakthrough. But you talk about the five love languages, which some people may or may not know. And even earlier you said kind of one of my languages is like constant reassurance and communication. Yeah. And your partner's is necessarily not that way, right? Yeah, so, we're very different in our love languages, yeah. So let, for people that don't know, talk a little bit about what the love yeah, languages yeah. are and then your viewpoint on it as it pertains to relationships. Yeah, so the love languages, it's not a clinical thing. It was created by, I believe, Gary Chapman mm. and, uh, holy shit, this book sold like gangbusters, I mean, yeah. millions. Because it's good. It really resonated with people. And the love languages are um, acts of service, uh, uh, words of affirmation, um, quality time, um, gifts, and then there was there was touch. one more Is touch. Touch. One? Oh yeah, you're right. Touch. touch yeah. yeah. And so usually we have a, a couple love languages, um, but we gravitate toward you know some more than others. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm definitely words of affirmation, and uh, and I'm touch right. Mm-hmm. And so my partner, she's all about acts of service. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I wrote her name in the sky, she would say, "How much was that?" You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'd be like, I just wrote you a f- poem in the sky. And right. She's like, okay, but did, can we afford it? <laughs> if I changed her tire or did the dishes, now she's horny. So good. Dude, and so I didn't know that. And so before I saw the contrast, I was like, is that going to work, man? Like, yeah. I need you to to write me notes because I'm writing you notes and I need you to text me, you know, mm-hmm. you know things. And that's not how she maneuvers. Um So adapting and learning and knowing your partner's love language is huge because now me knowing that hers is acts of service, little things like not forgetting to bring her a glass of water when we both go to bed and putting it on her nightstand, to her, that's huge. Mm. To me, if she didn't do that, it doesn't bother, it doesn't, Mm. right? Mm. And so her also knowing, so in her calendar, she says like, write John something, like as a notification, because that's not how she thinks. And so that's her effort to write me something. um, And that that really lands for me. So, that's why I think it's important. That's why it's in the book is I think knowing your partner's love languages and then doing what you can to stretch, mm. to love her in the way that she wants to be loved. Mm. Not, not, it doesn't mean to let go of your own, mm-hmm. right? But hit the ball back and forth. Very and good. I'm telling you, that is how you put the coal in the, the, that's how you found the flames. It's literally like speaking a language of love to somebody that you weren't speaking before. It, yes. it literally is. Yes. And by the way, yes. you just go review this last minute and a half, guys, and go, what, actually, you may not even know what yours is. Ask yourself, what is yours? What is yours, yeah. Right, and then what is theirs? And here's how profound this is. Here's what I think most people make the mistake of. They speak the language that they like to their partner all yes. the time. <laughs> it doesn't so like if right. and by the way, it could be really backwards. Right. So if you're really about touch, right, right, and this person is not touchy feeling, you're constantly touching yes. it, then they're like, eee! Yes. right? Like this is you literally could be pushing them away by expressing your language. This is not only true in intimate relationships, 
It's very true in business. Yes. So that you're like, man, I got to have words of affirmation. And so you're constantly feeling someone who that doesn't resonate with, but acts of kindness and service Mm. does. And Mm. you're just constantly expressing your version of belief, your version of affection, your version of persuasion, even so to speak. And it's a huge mistake people make because they just assume people are like them. The other false assumption is that they're more right than someone else because it's their language. Right. Because we right. like people like, like you us. Should, you should, you love, should like love poems. You should love poems, <laughs> right. right? Like, and it's it really very, very, very true. So, yeah. as is everything we've covered today. Dude, bro, I love you. Oh, I think thanks, you're man. so, like, I hope thanks. everyone looks at the YouTube, too, because you don't look visually like a therapist. And I'm not talking about the fact that yeah. you're Korean. I'm talking about the yeah. fact that you have long hair and tattoos and yeah. you're jacked. The first thing when he walked in, I'm like, holy crap, right? Like, uh, Yeah. Thank this, you. I appreciate. I, I don't. I have no one's called me Jack, but um, I appreciate. You are I appreciate Jack. That. You're in great shape, and yeah, like thanks. I can tell, you're a dude who's. Um, I mean, this is the highest compliment I can give another person. Is you're a work in progress. No, for sure. You know, you don't yeah. present yourself as if you figured all of this stuff out. I think I say this often in life, but like, if you really want to impress people, try to show them how perfect you are. Yeah. But if you want to connect with somebody, yeah. and really help them, show them your imperfections. Sure. I mean, that's where that's scary. Yeah, you know, but that's that's so courageous. Yeah, and and by the way, you are a courageous dude, and your content is so good, bro. So, thank you for being here today. I um I also want to say, you know, we live in a fatherless nation, and I think, uh, and I was telling you this before the podcast. Mm. You know, you as another as a uh, another man because Mm. of the locker room, and because you're also you know jacked, and and Mm. and um, there's a lot of things that men do that um is very competitive and um mm-hmm. are they're they're scared to to show themselves and 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 even say to another man, "Hey, I love you or yeah. I think you're great." Uh, you know, yeah. those kind of compliments and so I just applaud the work that you're doing. And mm-hmm. I and I think the reason why your platform is so huge is because uh you come in human. Thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's You know what I like? I'm already starting to like you. Oh. It's easy to love you. <laughs> no, I mean it. Like uh, I'm getting to know you. I like yeah. you. Thanks. I like you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you're it. you're super unique you're unique there's really only one of you and i I, that's why i wanted you like you you, uh, we should just say this last actually i want to say this because there is a viewpoint of therapy in life or even relationships so i hope everyone's still here because i want them to hear this there's actually a part that you talk about where like people have this perception of what it needs to look like and i do want to finish on this so i'm so glad we didn't quite finish and you say it's kind of like this guy we see on tv who's a therapist Mm -hmm. and the show's over and he walks down and he grabs his wife's hand and they oh, walk yeah. off the stage yeah, we, and you're like, now that's <laughs> right, what I want, right? right? And I think that's no knock on that guy or anything yeah. like that. But yeah. like, I think we have this pr- prism or perspective. Like if it's not that way, right? mine's just not quite as good as theirs. So that's yeah. the comparison thing. But yeah. we have this view of what it should look like. You, you, you don't resemble that world at all to me. You're mm. like your own guy. Your partner who you wrote the book with, I've read about her, same thing. But mm. that's true, right? Like, we, that's not always the picture. No, of course not, man. I, I, you know what's more interesting to me is the, 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 the that couple, um, once they go home. I know. Then what it's like, was it yeah. like, you know? Yeah. Not walking on the stage holding hands, but when they go home. Yeah. I'm always a little bit, like, everything that looks good on the surface publicly, yeah. I'm always like, man, I kind of like to see a couple fight once in a while. <laughs> right. No, I do. Right. I like to see a guy lose it once in a yeah. while. Like, hey, man, that's a real person. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, they're, anyway, that's how I feel about it. But I think you're awesome. So, oh, hey, you. guys, make sure that. you get the book. Please go get the book. It's not me. It's you. That's the title of the book. John Kim, K-I-M. Follow him on social media, The Angry Therapist. Make sure you get the power of one more my book as well. And remember, everybody, August 22nd. It's probably already out if you've heard this, but if it's not, on Nosy, my new show, Change, will change your life. Go to Nosy, get the app, or go online to Nosy and watch my new show. 
and please share this one today. There ain't another one like it. There's not conversations like the one John and I just had happening anywhere. And I know this one's going to be fire for you. God bless you all. Max out. This is the Ed Milet Show.